I See Star Wars, a podcast by collectors for collectors. Welcome to another exciting episode of I See Star Wars. I'm here with Philip Brown in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Philip. How are you? Great, Mike. Great, Mike. Good to be here in person uh, for the first time since, uh, I believe, uh, last year's ICCCon. Yeah, it is very nice seeing you. It's very nice being around each other and hanging out and talking Star Wars. We even had time to squeeze in a little wild find today, which was awesome. You know, I had a really good time uh, uh, spending some time at the venue for uh, 2021, but I think we're going to get to that later, right? Yeah, sure. We'll do a little ICCCon update, I guess. Why not, right? Well, you want to jump right into our figure this time around? Yeah, absolutely. I see 101. You must learn the ways of the Force. All right, we're going with the Death Squad Commander. You may know him as the Star Destroyer Commander. Philip's going to run you through a little bit about why he's called that. Well, this was one of those figures back when I was a kid that was kind of paired against a Stormtrooper in that in the films, they really didn't do much except point and run. But it was always an interesting figure to me because of the helmet, Lucas uh, put together that aesthetic uh, with the mushroom-type helmets. Like almost a colander. It was like a colander. Yeah, like exactly. A painted black colander for drain and pasta. Right. That was one of the first aesthetic things that kind of hit you in the face if you were watched Star Wars back in uh, 1977. So, But, uh, yeah, the Death Squad Commander is a really interesting figure. It does. And we have uh, we have Star Wars up on in the background over here behind us, and we've been really watching and trying to figure out what the Death Squad Commander does, but um, we haven't really figured it out. I guess he just kind of tells stormtroopers what to do and then walks away kind of well, deal. Well, one of the things was the, the, the scanning crew that uh, went into the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. That was one use for them. Right, right. Uh, but really, you just see them kind of in the background. They get a lot less action on screen than the stormtroopers do. But, right. You know, there's there that kind of nameless, faceless kind of thing that exists. Well, they changed the name. Uh, you were telling me about that before, that they changed the name. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Death Squad Commander isn't a figure that gets a lot of uh, play or discussion in the collecting community, but it's really pretty interesting. Back in 78, when the Death Squad Commander first appeared on 12-back, um, uh, it was the one that parents usually bought last. But, you know, I always loved it. And on that 12-back, it was called the Death Squad Commander. Correct. And it was also released uh, on a 21-back as the Death Squad Commander. But as soon as it switched from the Star Wars logo on the front to the Empire logo. Right. On the 31-backs, they decided to change the name. I guess they realized that the Death Squad Commander wasn't really a kid-friendly name. So they renamed it the Star Destroyer Commander on the 31-back. It's always better to uh, destroy a star than lead a Death Squad, I think. (laughs) But if you can find a uh, ESB 21-back with a Death Squad Commander name on it, that uh, is kind of a highly sought-after figure about people that collect... Yeah, if you have a Death Squad Commander focus, it's a hard one to get, for right, sure. Because right, right. it was just out for such a little short period of time. It's like the uh, Star Wars 21-back Boba Fett's that say Star Wars on them. Right, right. Um, they just came out for such a little bit of time, and that's why they're double, triple the value of an Empire Strikes Back one. Right. Um, which is pretty wild. Death Squad Commander, as Philip was saying, he did come out on the Star Wars card. You can find a couple of them on the 21 back there. But uh, then he moved on to Star Destroyer Commander. That was across Empire, Jedi. He was released all over the world, too. He was released in England on a Palatoy card, I think even a 30 back, because he was a very early figure. You can even see him on the back of the 12 backs. He, uh, in the picture, on the back of the 12 backs, with the, even on the Argentinian uh, Top Toys cards on the back of him, you know, he, he's there, even though he was never a Top Toys release. Um, also, you got him in baggies, uh, Meccano. He did the French, the French, uh, the square cards. You can find him on the square cards. What else? Uh, oh, Lily Letty. Lily Letty, and he doesn't have, you know how on his arms he has, like, the watch or whatever? On yes. Lily Letty, he does not. It's still there, but it's different color. Um, so that's cool. What else did he come out on? I think that's it, right? Baggies? I've seen a couple bootlegs of him. I do have that yellow Mexican bootleg. You know, the one I have, the 12 different yellow bootlegs. Mm-hmm. I have that collection. And uh, it's a vintage Mexican bootleg, and there is a Death Squad commander in there, which was pretty cool because you don't see them too much. 
Um, came with the regular Stormtrooper Blaster, mm-hmm. unless it's an overseas one. And then there's different COOs, obviously, but he was released everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, Mike, there was a lot of really interesting micro variants with this figure. I mean, if, you, if you're if you a, a focused Death Squad commander collector, there's a lot of little interesting things. Uh, everything from his insignia, whether it's red or blue on top or blue on red. Yep, because kind of they change that insignia a lot. Eye colors. Um, uh, Lots of variations. Matte boots or glossy boots. Different variations of the plastic color for for the main the gray plastic of the main body. Well, they shoot, ha- they even had a model trim one, so you could go all the way to lead if you want. Right, right. But it's right. a really it's a very expensive. I know there's a couple guys on the IC that are Death Squad commander mm-hmm. focus. Yeah, and uh, it's unbelievable how many variations. It's something with a lot of variations. Like there's a lot of variations with Boba Fett. Because you can get like this paint scheme or this arm is painted, unpainted, unpainted knee, painted rocket, all those different things. Right. But this guy too, because yeah, like you're saying, the badges, uh, the watch, the matte paint, it's a it's a very good one if you like to really delve into variation. Absolutely. Definitely not simple. There's a bunch of variations. The helmet mold has variations uh, depending on when it was produced. Mm-hmm. So uh, really interesting and fun. And... You know, even his face, it goes, they have like the the different color plastic, the transparent plastic. Um, his face changes a lot. Right. Different sculpts and stuff. So yeah, he he was really knocked out for the entire line, really. Yeah. Was he ever on Power of the Force? I don't think he was on Power of the Force. I don't think he was. No, no, no. Actually, he was not. He was not, he right? He was not. Yeah. So he kind of died off towards the end of the line. We like him. He looks pretty cool. He seems to boss everybody around, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I loved him, you know, because of the helmet aesthetic mostly. But like Jawas, Tusken Raiders, Stormtroopers, Death Squad Commanders were one of those figures that you bought multiples of. You'd have one on your Death Star playset. You'd have one on your Star Destroyer playset. Uh, you'd have one, uh, you know, next to the Falcon. Scanning crew or whatever. Yeah, yeah. scanning crew. Well, there you go. That's about all I know about Death Squad Commanders. How about you? I uh, want to give a shout-out to Tom Burgess at over at uh, uh, I Grew Up Star Wars because he uses the Death Squad Commander to make a lot of his uh He does, his yeah, posts. absolutely. Yeah. Tom Burgess, he runs a great group, the uh, I Grew Up Star Wars, and it is for all the people that grew up Star Wars. Lots of pics of uh, opening Christmas presents on Christmas Day, and uh, he's a really nice guy, too. If he's you, a great if guy. If you want to check out a fun Facebook group, that's a good one. Yes, I went on one of his... Uh, excursions to Death Valley a couple years ago to visit some of the Tatooine um, uh, uh, shooting locations. And he runs a great adventure down yeah, there. Nice. So I encourage everyone, anyone who's interested in that kind of stuff, to check it out. Yeah. And, well, explain it a little. What is the Tatooine adventure, the filming location adventure? Uh, every year or every couple of years, he uh, gets a group of people together that want to hang out, and they go into Death Valley. Stay in a little town. Oh, gosh, I don't even remember the town's name. But... Uh, a little location in the middle of nowhere, and, and uh, uh, you get into a couple of cars and go out to places where they uh, filmed uh, the Tuscan Raiders on Banthas, or R2 coming down the valley after he is, you know, right before he is captured by the Jawas. Oh, yeah, where the Jawas are hiding in the caves. Right, yeah. and then uh, where 3PO and R2 are moving towards Jabba's palace. You know, most of the Tatooine stuff was filmed in Tunisia, obviously. But there was a bunch of uh, secondary shoots or, or, or shoots that uh, that happened right here. in Well, we're in Nashville now, but in my home state of California. And so... Uh, they did some in, wasn't it Arizona as well? With the Sarlacc pit, right? Wasn't that I believe... There? I think that was Arizona. Yes, the, yes. But yeah, anywhere in the desert out there, Death Valley... That's really cool, man. But it's great. It's a great weekend. We spend two or three days out there just going to uh, very different locations. You get to meet a bunch of new people uh, yeah. uh, and um, see some, some places where history was made for our community. Yep, absolutely. Take a trip down memory lane in real life, right? Yeah, man. Well, shout out to Tom for sure. And uh, check out that page. Um, I grew up Star Wars. I think he also has a website of it. Yes, we'll put it in the links. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you're watching Tom's uh, uh, social media, don't upset the Death Squad Commander. The news. Give me regular reports, please. Right. And here we go with the news section of IC Star Wars. What are we looking at this week, Philip? What are we covering in the news? Oh gosh, there's a bunch of stuff. We've got a new game. 
Yeah, that uh, the Star Wars Squadrons. If you haven't seen this one, it's uh, you get to be in an X-Wing or TIE Fighter uh, squadron, and you get to have up to five players. So I'm hoping it's going to be some kind of online thing where you get to pick your five players. And they even have a way that you can play it in the virtual reality. So with the PS4, they have that virtual reality headset you could put on. So I'm really excited. I, I mean, did you used to play the one uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter back in the 90s? I did, and that's actually when I discovered I love that game. <laughs> that's when I discovered I was horrible at flight simulators. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that game so much, man. I've had to beat it three, four times. <laughs> I still have it on. There's this program called DOSBox. I don't know if you know it, but it's essentially just like MS-DOS, if you're old enough to remember what MS-DOS is. But you can do it. You can run it on a Windows computer, so a newer computer, and it's not just command prop. And you can put on MS-DOS, I have it so it reads the TIE Fighter game. Sweet. I was only playing it like a I'd say six months, a year ago. Yep. I dusted it off again because it's my favorite game, man. Uh, I always love the flight simulator games, always love flying games. Um, and that one, it takes the cake. And I'm so excited it's going to be the VR. Right. And uh, I know you haven't tried the VR on that PS4, but I'm going to take you up there tomorrow and we're going to set it up because I got it upstairs. Philip's hanging out at the house today. And uh, we'll get you in an X-Wing flying an X-Wing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, the only Star Wars uh, flight simulator game that I was ever good at was back in the 80s, the big the arcade, that the you arcade game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was 2D. Even though I, I'm not great at these flight simulator games, I am going to buy this because it just looks beautiful. It looks amazing. I'm excited about it. Well, just that feeling with that VR, that VR experience of just getting in an X-Wing and being able to look left, look right, look up, look behind you. You can look behind you and you could see, you know, a bogey on your six. It's it's cool, man. <laughs> uh, hopefully they'll come out with a Top Gun game, too. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you're all anything fired, like that. You're all fired like up that. about this. I am. I am. I absolutely. I'm super fired up about it, man. I'm the reason why is because I was a huge X-Wing versus TIE Fighter fan, and even I still sort of played that game recently. You know what I mean? Like, I still dusted it off and played it recently. I was playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Remember right. that one oh, yeah. for uh, PS1, I think? Or no, Xbox One. Xbox One. Yeah, right. it still works on my 360 there, but I was... Mm -hmm. uh, I was just playing that like three weeks ago. Sometimes I dust off a classic game, man. There's nothing wrong with a classic game. Yeah. Do you know how cool TIE Fighter pilots are? Let's let's peel off just for a half a second. Totally. TIE Fighter pilots are out there with no shields, mm -hmm. with like practically a plastic bubble between them and space. Right. And doing everything that an X-Wing's doing with shields and a cockpit and a chair and this and that and transparent steel and four engines. I mean, a TIE Fighter's just like... Super dangerous. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like the, the, I don't know, like the, you know, the speed bike, the motorcycle, the, I don't know, you know, the super, super duper fast motorcycles. People yes. do like 200 miles an hour on the highway. That's a type. I mean, these, yeah, these guys are daredevils and they're, and they're crazy. Yeah. They, they risk everything. Yeah. yeah. No shields, but no nothing. You know, it's funny. This, we were talking about this yesterday. This is exactly why, you know, and I think that this is a common thread throughout uh, the Star Wars fandom. You always root for the good guys, right? Yeah. But the bad guys, the the, the, the <laughs> Empire, are just the coolest thing ever. It's like it is called the Imperial Commissary, man. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's because the bad guys always have better stuff, man. They just do. Right. And it's probably because they, you know, have taxes, galactic taxes coming in to pay them. But mm -hmm. I mean, there is something cool about a super star destroyer compared to the home one. Oh yeah there is nobody out there that's like <laughs> i'll no take the home one over a super star destroyer. <laughs> you know, every time i'm every time i'm making this yeah absolutely you know the empire aesthetic <laughs> like would you rather have an imperial shuttle or a rebel transport <laughs> <laughs> you know i'll have them both yeah the me too I but the first one i'll buy is the imperial shuttle yeah. if i have enough money left over then but still, you're never going to be running around the backyard with a Rebel Transport. It's going to be the Imperial <laughs> Shuttle, man. That is for sure. Yeah. And then you got, like, I don't know, the Falcon and stuff. But that's not technically a rebellion ship. But, man, I am a fan of the X-Wings. I like the X-Wings. I like the trench run. That's the part of uh, A New Hope that we have on right now. Well, Star Wars, if you're a purist. But that we have on now, um, that's the part that's coming up, is when they attack, they do the trench run on the Death Star. And when I was a kid... One of the best scenes ever. Oh, absolutely. But anyway, we're getting stuck watching the movie. Let's keep going with the podcast. <laughs> uh, what else is in the news? I know we want to talk. Um, I've been playing a game. 
I've been playing a game on the uh, the phone. You can download it, but it's done by Tops, and it's the uh, Star Wars trading card app. Yeah, and it's like the Star Wars trading cards. We have a lot of IC members: Marsha Parkins, Brett Scotchmer, a whole bunch of different people that do uh, Tops trading cards, right? Well, what they do is they take those Tops trading cards, and instead of it being a physical card, it's a digital download. Right. So you get to collect the cards in your phone, and then you have a bunch of cool pictures. I don't know. I don't know what the super draw is but for some reason i keep playing it some reason i keep downloading the cards and i did get boba fett the other day and i totally took a screenshot of it nice. and said to like 10 people <laughs> mike it's been out a while hasn't it, it came yeah out it's been Force out about Awakens. a year but i finally just caught up the reason why one of our uh, admins um lando thrawn sean he's a good dude um he is an admin of like the PIF board, IC2, stuff like that. And he was asking, hey, did anybody get this new download? Because I guess they redid it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's a super fun game, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm, you know, sitting there, got a phone and a free download. So right. I clicked it. And uh, it's, it's actually pretty fun. I mean, to collect all the different guys, you don't know what's in the pack. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fun time and you can do it for free. I mean, I haven't given any money to it. Um, obviously, it's an app. You can. Oh, there was a desk squad commander on the TV. There it is. <laughs> uh, there's a app, um, and you can. It's obviously an app, so you can buy things. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. And I don't know. It's fun, and it was fun and free. So I suggest you download it, Philip. I am definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, just check it out because you get. I don't know, man. It's cool. They're cool pictures, and they're really neat. They have like Ralph McQuarrie drawings and. All different ones, the galactic levels, and I don't know. They have a lot of different things. And then the other major thing I want to talk about, major, major, because mm -hmm. I'm super-duper psyched about it, is uh, Mando. The Mando. Mando Season 2. Well, Mr. Favreau and Mr. Filoni decided to get together and put their minds together for another wonderful season of The Mandalorian, and luckily they did tape it before all this stuff happened, so it's ready to go. And they decided on a release date. Well, they don't have the exact date, but they decided on a release month. Mm -hmm. And that month is October. So it was very nice. I wanted to say thank you, John Favreau, and to Mr. Dave Filoni for giving me a wonderful birthday present in a new season of The Mando. So I'm very, very excited for that. My birthday falls in October, so I couldn't be happier to see Mandalorian in October. I also hear, what, what's the buzz you've been hearing on Mando, man? I've been hearing things like Ahsoka, I've been hearing, right. you know that guy from Justified? What's his name? Oh, gosh. He's great. Yeah. Um, but I hear he's coming. He He's contracted, so right. he's going to be in it. Um, who else? I may be completely wrong, but I thought I randomly heard there might even be a Mark Hamill element to it recently. Really? Yeah. That would be cool. Maybe man. as a voice actor or something of that nature. That would be cool. Why not? He could definitely do it. I hear he's going to be uh, Skeletor. In the He-Man movie. Yeah. Mark Hamill. That'll be cool. <laughs> Mark Hamill, awesome. Not just Luke Skywalker does amazing voices. Mm -hmm. um, you remember, uh, what was it? Uh, Batman. Yes. The Batman cartoon. Mm -hmm. Mark Hamill was the Joker in that. I think Mark Hamill is the definitive Joker voice, to be honest. I think he's the best. Um, so, yeah, that's the news. You got anything else you want to cover on the news? You know, Mike, you always pass over the good stuff. Oh, what's the good stuff? <laughs> Dude, uh, you know. I've always loved black series figures, and I, I and I got, but I gotta be honest with you, I haven't been a fan of the Red Box, and the Red Box has been around now for what, uh, since 2015. Yeah. Uh, kind of a thing. Long time. I don't know if it's 2015. I probably shouldn't speak on modern. Yeah. I'll just sit here and go. <laughs> hmm. Now, okay, hmm. Mike, <laughs> you may not have seen it because I know you avoid it at all cost. <laughs> But there are uh, in October that we're expecting uh, a new uh, couple of waves of Black Series figures, ah. and they have upgraded the packaging that to just phenomenal. You've got a Mando, you've got uh, Ahsoka, you've got a Vader. Is the Mando all shiny? Yeah, it's it's his best car, the, the best car right, version cool. of yeah. uh, the Mandalorian. And well, what, you know, I have the Black Series regular Mando upstairs. <laughs> I don't have no Black Series. Yeah. <laughs> But what I'm actually most excited about is they've got the entire crew of the Ghost from Rebels. Oh, well, and, see, I do like Rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, and I have most of them already. I'm going to be very interested to see what the sculpt is like in these new ones. 
But even if it's this, if they're just repacks with the new packaging, I'm going to get those all because well, you Well, I just pulled up the boxes here. I actually remember these, man. Um, Andrea loves the Rebels, and I have some sets of these on pre-order. So they are coming. <laughs> um, I did already buy these. So, yes, Mike does buy Modern every once in a while. But you know what? I know for a fact there's never – I don't know. I can't speak to the other ones like Ezra and stuff like that. I know for a fact there's never been Zeb because Zeb Aurelius, Andrea is a huge that fan That is correct. Of and if there was ever a Zeb, she would have already had it. But I do remember this. The Zeb was much more expensive than the others, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, 24 versus 20, something like that. I'm not exactly sure. I probably ended up paying 30. I always go to a third-party <laughs> site because I don't know how to do it right. And yeah. I'm never at Walmart on the right day. I just <laughs> I don't have it in me, man. So you said the boxes. Here, you go ahead and keep talking about it. I'm going to look up those boxes and see what you're talking no, about. No, the crazy thing is... is, is uh, you know, like, I'm going to take a little step back, you know, modern. Back in 2014, 2015, they had, uh, they released uh, digital edition collectors packs of, of action figures from uh, uh, A New Hope all the way to uh, uh, Jedi. And they did, um, uh, oh, and, and the prequels as well. But the cool thing about them, and they would, they would come in boxes of four, right? And they would choose four figures from that from each individual film. It, but well, you could take the boxes and line them up on the sides, and they made sort of a mosaic as you lined them up. And I haven't seen that since then. But these new Rebels Black Series figures, you know, you, you buy them all, you line them up in order, and, and it has together. a really super cool, like, Rebels mosaic. It, it, these are the kind of figures that you want to display with the side of the box facing out. You know, up at Star Wars Celebration, they had that banner on the walk-in that was like that. That was all the different Star Wars movies that melded together. It's like that. I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen the Black Series, and a lot of the ways that people collect Black Series is you're looking at a red stripe with a number. Right. You have no idea what figure's in there, and sometimes it says the name, right? Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I pulled it up here, um, and I'm looking at the picture of it, of the Rebels. You can feel free to search it, but it's just the Rebels Black Series packaging. And uh, uh, you know what? I'll name all these Rebels off the top of my head to Do show it. what I know what I'm doing. There's Zeb, there's Chopper. There's Ezra, there's, uh, oh, what's his name? Freddie Prince Jr. Gee whiz. Dude, are you serious? You just, you just said that you knew all, Kanan. Kanan, yeah. Kanan Jarrus. Exactly. I was close with Janus. <laughs> 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 and then you got Hera, and you got Sabine, and you have an Ahsoka one. Yes. Ahsoka one. That's yeah. a weird addition to the Rebels, but that's cool. Well, she wasn't an official. She, she wasn't an official. She was uh, in there. But, I mean, there's, like, no Leia. There's no random Mandalorian, right. dude. There's no Lando. There's no Lando. Right. I mean, they were all in it. Yeah, but I mean. Ahsoka's super popular. We love Leia, and we love Lando. But, dude, those characters in Rebels don't make the series. These guys, these are the new stars of Star Wars, you know. No, I hear you. But, no, the boxes are beautiful, and I'm looking at the side of them, and they do all go together like that. Um, which is awesome. Like, the actual artwork does go in between the boxes. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad I... Uh, I put those on pre-order, and I'm glad I got more than one, so Andrea could have one for Wait, her. Wait, say that again. We were, You know we're recording this. You just say you're glad you ordered Modern. Yes, I am glad. I, there's some Modern I like, man. Let me think here. What kind of Modern do I like? I don't Legos. Legos are Modern. <laughs> I buy all the Star Wars Legos. There's Star Wars Legos all over the place here. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for me, and I've I brought it up before, but I just want to say it again. I loved the Blue Line black series i loved the orange line black series mm -hmm. i even loved the 3.75 carded black series the absolute worst packaging hasbro has done in the black series has been the red red box uh the red box pa there's packaging. nothing on the side and it's been going for a long time it's been going since the uh what 2014 2015 the force awakens so it is a super cool breath of fresh air to see a rebranding of the black series in a way that like just pops and makes you want to you know, make, makes you want to pick these up and add them to your collection. I'm looking at the, the side of the box, like you were saying. You could even see up at the top. I don't know if you've seen this picture, but there's uh, Star Destroyers and, uh, like, X-Wings flying through. You see that? Yep, yep, yep. It's really cool. And, um, like, they go in between the boxes. Like, for example, Hera's Blaster mm -hmm. goes into Sabine's box. Right. Like, I mean, it's... 
It definitely all goes in order. It looks very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. It is the Encyclopedia Britannica of Star Wars toys. <laughs> Remember Encyclopedia Britannica looked yes. all nice? Yes. You know, and I know they're not directly related, but, you know, when you line up that mosaic with the, with the, uh, the Black Series Ghost Crew, it kind of has, has the aesthetic feel of the Battle of Exegol. Um, oh yeah, you know, that, all right. That color, so it kind of fe- it has that 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 emotional or that that visual connection. Uh, so, plus I like the attitude in the pictures. Yeah, like the characters look like they got the their own personalities in the pictures. It's not just some boring picture of them. Right. It's like a cartoony kind of drawing. Um, one more little bit of news. Um, we were gonna have the IC meetup at Celebration. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, Celebration. If you're in the Star Wars community, you know they have pushed it back. They're going to be doing it in 2022. And uh, we wish them the best of luck. The IC will be there. We will have an IC meetup at every celebration, so don't worry that. Unfortunately, this one uh, did get uh, rescheduled, so therefore we will reschedule with them for the, uh, the meetup. But um, don't you worry. That means you will get two renditions of ICCCon yep. before the next celebration. So keep working on your cosplays. Keep working on your outfits. Keep working on your props displays, your vendor tables, your art pieces, and uh, bring them on over to ICCCon. Ask Mike. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Okay, time to record another Ask Mike section. What Ask Mike is, is I put up a uh, post there on the IC and also on ICCC, and I say, Ask Mike, ask me anything in the comments about me, the IC, ICCC, Star Wars, or anything at all. I will do my best to answer it off the cuff on the airwaves. I don't look at any of these questions ahead of time, so it's fresh for the show. To all you wonderful folks that listen, thank you. Let me know the questions you have. And then I sign off IC, and uh, folks put up their questions, so we'll go right to the questions. I have not read these before, so they are always new. Usually people try to uh, sneak in, you know, what's the unladen weight of a uh, swallow and stuff like that. But we'll uh, we'll go through them here. And first up is Eric Uten. Love the video tour this morning. When will you start announcing guest stars for 2021? Hint, hint, hint. Uh, Eric Uten, uh, I appreciate, man. I'm looking at your profile picture here, and you got the ICCC Step and Repeat banner from last year, I think it is, uh, in your photo. So that's really cool. Thank you for supporting ICCC. Um, when am I announcing guest stars? I got to wait, man. I got to wait. Wait, wait, wait. That's the trick. The big cons uh, take time. Um, you got to wait. So that's what the rules are. Um, Maggie Moore says, Michael, but isn't that the whole spirit of ICCC to be different than those other big cons? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're all just impatient because we know it's going to be amazing. I'm ready for this virus to check out of here and April to hurry up. Maggie Moore, thank you very much for the support. I appreciate it. Um, yes, there will be announcements. Don't you worry. I have tons of things working in the background. There are also a couple uh, stars that are already signed up, but we do have to wait. We have to wait for the pandemic to be over. And to tell you the truth, I'd like to wait for the elections to be over. It's hard to announce things when everyone else has lots more money and they're announcing their things, like uh, who's running for president and stuff like that. But um. Don't worry, you won't hear anything about that here. If it didn't happen in a galaxy far, far away, I don't care about it. Uh, Rob Turner, this must be made into a patch. He's talking about uh, my my uh, silly tops card there, my business card with uh, the caricature. Thank you, Jorge Bieza, uh, um, for doing that caricature for me. And uh, yeah, man, we'll make it to a patch one day. Actually, the guy right below you helps make my patches. So Kevin Leal. Uh, when Ben Kenobi scared off the Tusken Raiders, were they scared off because they thought he was Anakin returning? <laughs> I get it. Because uh, in, what was it, episode two, um, Anakin goes back to Tatooine and uh, messes up some Tusken Raiders. But um, no, Ben Kenobi scared off the Tuskens. They were scared because Ben Kenobi scared them. He made the sound of a cry at dragon. Um, if I'm saying that right, I don't know, but it was like, and he even said they're easily startled, but they will soon be back in greater numbers. Uh, Andrew Perkins, that, or they already tried Kenobi living on Tatooine and it went poorly for them. I don't know what that means, brother. Uh, Kevin B. Cooland, I always thought it was because he made the howl of a cry at dragon. Yeah, there you go, brother. Good job. 
Buddy Baker, have you ever read Dune by Frank Herbert? No, I have not, brother. Um, I was a little bit too young for Dune at the time, and I've never really gotten around to it. Uh, not that I mind giant books. Um, I like giant books. But uh, I've never gotten around to it. Maybe one day. One day. when I Maybe when I retire or something like that, I'll, I'll get to kick back by the pool and read Dune. But it's definitely on the list. I just haven't gotten to it. It's a big one. Uh, next up, Joshua Kronfeldt. When are we planting apple trees for Mrs. Havens? Yummy apple pies and roasted venison right from the backyard. But most of all, the details on the convention prices. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Joshua, uh, yeah, I have a deer in my backyard. Uh, they notice it because I uh, take a morning picture every day with some vintage Star Wars figures and the sunrise. And uh, so they sometimes see deer out there and stuff. But Joshua, to answer your question, planting apple trees is difficult. I tried to plant a patch of apple trees, a plant of fruit trees. Um, they all got eaten by those deer. And then I did it again with fencing, and it still got eaten by the deer. So uh, I've put quite a few dollars into to fruit trees that I can't grow unless I put up a giant fence. And I like wildlife, so I don't mind it walking through the backyard. But um, nope, no apples for me. Uh, what are the most the prices on the convention? Here, let's look. I'm going to go to www.icnashville.com. So go to www.icnashville.com icnashville.com and we're going to go there and then there is the front page and you click enter big enter button and then just click on tickets and when you go into tickets you will see the vip experience is 300 dollars that includes exclusive vip only noon to 3 p.m access on friday exclusive vip meet and greets with guest stars meet and greets with panel creators iccc staff and super collectors from around the world one hour early access saturday and sunday vip room with free snacks drinks and a catered lunch saturday and sunday uh secure drop back drop bag drop off area uh five autograph photo op line skips and front row seats reserved to all panels you also get some ICCC VIP exclusive swag and uh, autographs and photo apps sold separately. Uh, then we also have the general single day admission pass. Those are $35. And uh, they go, if you want to go, uh, they're $35 on Friday, $40 on Saturday, $35 on Sunday. But if you want to go all weekend, it's 100 bucks. So you get a discount if you go all weekend. If you're going to be there anyway, staying at the hotel, you should definitely get the three-day pass. And then we have the Child's Pass. The Child's Single-Day Pass um, is for single-day entry on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It's only 10 bucks. Kids under 5 are free. Um, so easy peasy. Children under 15 must be accompanied by an adult. Those are the disclaimers. And also, don't forget that active military veterans um, and first responders, they get an exclusive 25% discount code on all tickets. So just uh, click the link there on the website, www.icnashville.com. If you are a first responder or a military uh, active and veteran, thank you very much for your service. And just click us there and we will get you a coupon code. All right, next up. Jimmy Chang, Michael Havens, a detailed response would probably not be possible here, but I would love to hear about how you went about planning each of your conventions. Um, that's actually a question I've been getting a lot lately. I've been called on to a couple shows, and they always ask me, uh, how'd you start the convention? I'll tell you, it's, it's very simple. I have a silly little notebook I found for like, I don't know, 50 cents or a dollar at the dollar store, you know, one of the throwaway ones. And it says, dream big, work hard, make it happen right on the front of this book. And that's actually the book I use for planning ICCCon. Um, and what it is, is there were many other conventions and I like going to conventions. I really enjoy them. I like hanging out with the other collectors and friends and they seem like family. And, uh, the problem was, is they're either super duper duper expensive, um, including like even the hotels are expensive. Even the sodas are expensive. Uh, so I didn't really love that that much. Some major conventions, it's really for the super rich folks. And you don't have to be super rich to play Star Wars. You don't have to be super rich to collect toys. You could be a great hunter and have hardly any money and have an unbelievable collection if you're going out there in the wild every day. So um, I just, I, I wanted to change that. And uh that's that's how it really started. Um, as far as planning, what you do is you 
stockpile a whole bunch of money. I call it a war chest. Um, <laughs> you stockpile a whole bunch of money because it's going to be expensive. Then you go out and you hunt the venue. You have to find a venue. This venue for ICC Con is going to be at the Music City Sheridan in Nashville, Tennessee, 777 McGavick Pike. You can uh, Google that. Uh, but it, it will be down there. And uh, you, you first you find the venue. And then you purchase the venue and you pay for the venue. But that one, uh, this venue, this current venue, I had it all locked down and contracted in, I believe it was the end of uh, November, beginning of December of last year. So when you do that, you, you're planning ahead and then you take the time to plan. And what you do is you first you start working on your marketing for the next year. And then you start working on uh, the table layout and the map and the uh, ifs, ands, and buts involved in um, the facility management, the rules there, uh, how much electric costs, uh, what what rules they have for loading, unloading, where you can put star cars, where you can put tattoos, where you can put... So all those different things, and you got to plan on all those different things. And then what you do is you start getting your guest stars, and uh, you start picking guest stars. And the way it works when it's your very first year is you start picking your guest stars at random. You just call a whole bunch of phone numbers until somebody picks up and says, yes, $50,000, you can have XYZ actor and you say well that's a lot of money but maybe if enough people come it'll offset and blah, blah 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 and you make those decisions and you pick those actors and you pick um and then what happens is once you start announcing the actors the vendor tables just come um people want to vend because they know there'll be a lot of people there that are interested in their stuff so the vendor tables i would say is the easiest part of the convention as long as you have an outlet to speak i mean i i know a whole bunch of vendors and they're wonderful folks and uh, they come out and support ICCCon, and it couldn't be possible without them. So I don't want to say it's easy, but the reason why it's easy is because I can put up a post on the IC, and then a hundred vendors know that there's going to be a really cool con. They'll start following it, and uh, you can see the follows on analytics and stuff like that on the internet. And they'll start following it, and then they start buying the tables. And... Uh, when they start buying the tables, it's very, very good because you get to not pick and choose because I never want to be picking and choosing. But I don't allow vendors with fakes, vendors with repros. And you can do stuff like that. You can also build another convention where you allow all those things. I mean, everybody's convention is their own thing. I try to run mine just like the IC is run because uh, that's that's the part of this hobby I love. I love the camaraderie. I love the kindness. I love the wonder. I love the... Uh, remembering childhood, being back in childhood and that nostalgia factor. That's that's what I love. So that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to make ICCCon. And uh, that's the plan. If you want to hear more about it, there's um, more, many more recordings. Uh, this seems to be the question I really do get asked the most nowadays. And I don't mind it. I'm more than happy to tell you. And if you are truly planning a convention and you want some help or you want somebody to reach out to, my door is always open. The more people that do conventions, the more people out there that start things like this, the more wonderful our hobby will be. So I'm all about helping you grow. Let me know how I can. Uh, next up, Alexander Gambin. No question. I just wanted to say that your packaging video for very expensive vintage Star Wars Minon cards is just awesome. I will try that on my own. Thanks for sharing, man. Absolutely, Alexander. Um, that's the thing. I, I don't normally run a convention or, <laughs> you know, I, I try to help the community and I try to, if there's things that you know, that's, that's a great tip that we all can take away from this. If there's things that you know how to do, share it with other people. Uh, please. It costs you nothing, and it feels really, really good because then you save old vintage men on cards just because you have a YouTube video where you cut up a old box and use a plastic bag to make sure that nothing will break out of the bubble in shipping. <laughs> uh, next up, Mark Catley. Are the prices for vintage Star Wars going up in the U.S. at the moment? They are going sky high here in New Zealand during the pandemic. Be well. Uh, yes, um, loose vintage Star Wars, vintage Star Wars, I, I'll be completely honest, what I have seen is anything, um, under a thousand dollars value, uh, has gone up, 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 in the past, uh, I'd say four months, five months, and the reason why is because people are at home, and being home, it makes a couple things happen. What happens is, number one, you, whether or not your job is affected by it, there have been a lot of programs all over the world that uh, give people funds and those funds people want to spend because that's how we are. We, we spend the money we make or else we wouldn't bother working. Um, 
So what you do is you go spend that money, but where are you going to spend that money? You can't go out to the stores. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to your favorite bar. You can't go spend it on, I don't know, Jets tickets, Nets tickets, Yankees tickets, or whatever rugby team you may have out there in New Zealand, or down there in New Zealand, rather. I'm upside down. But um, wh whatever, whatever it is we normally spend our money on, we haven't been able to. So we're all stuck at home on the internet, clicking away, and we go, oh, I really would like that, and oh, I got a couple extra bucks because instead of going and renting that boat this weekend or taking the family out to Hershey Park, we were sitting at home watching Disney Plus. So <laughs> that's why it's going up. There's more demand right now. There's a lot more more demand. Um, people have a lot more time on their hands. And what do we like to do with our free time? Play Star Wars. So that's the answer to your question, brother. Anything over a thousand bucks right now, it's been going slower. It's definitely the time to buy the bigger figures. Um, just because it's a lot of money at once and those kind of people that's 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 a little dangerous if you're spending 30 40 50 dollars here and there great easy peasy 200 bucks maybe you know you gotta offset it but still great um it's not gonna change your entire world but some of these things the super expensive things like uh but i mean even rocket fets are still selling for more than they have sold so who knows, man? Who knows? But those are all my guesses, and uh, definitely here in the U.S. Shoot, I think I saw, I think I saw like a Minon card Tebow or something go for like a two hundred bucks or something. I don't even, I don't remember what it was, but it it seemed really high to me. But that's the wonderful thing about capitalism. If it is too much money, it will not sell. If it is um, more sought after at the time, the value will go up. It's what the entire stock market's based on. So, same thing with Star Wars. It's not going anywhere, though. Stephen Hopwood, if you could travel back in time and be in one background scene of any Star Wars movie, which would it be? No speaking lines, just present. Okay, I would have been on Jabba's sail barge, and then when Boba Fett gets sillyly hit by Luke by accident, um, I would have grabbed his hand and stopped him from falling into the Sarlacc pit. So there. <laughs> Jay Schmidt, how's it going? Are you holding up okay in this pandemic? I've heard you talk about having complete sets of figures, either carded or loose, but do you have a complete vintage set of vehicles and playsets? I myself started with the figs and didn't plan on expending into vehicles and playsets, but it just kind of happened. Thanks for all you do for the hobby. Well, thank you for the kind words, Jay Smith. Um, to answer your first question, how's it going? Great, man. I'm, I'm always happy. Uh, are you holding up okay during this pandemic? Yes, I have been self-employed and entrepreneur in america since uh shoot a long time ago 17 years now so um i work from home <laughs> not much in my life has changed uh i've seen business change i've seen a lot of things change and uh i'm always pretty good at kicking my feet up on that surfboard and letting the waves take me whichever way they want to take me and smiling up at that sunshine. So yes, I am doing great. Thank you very much for asking. Andrea is doing great. And Tessa is still a spoiled dog. So no worries there. Um, I've heard you talk about having complete sets. Oh, uh, vintage play sets, uh, vintage vehicles and play sets. I do have all the vintage vehicles. Um, I do have, I think most of the vintage play sets. I really don't like just being honest, but I really don't like the vintage playsets where they're 90% cardboard. I feel like it was just being phoned in and it was a lame thing to make, especially when they have a playset like the Death Star playset. And I have a Death Star. But um, yeah, I think I have them all loose. I prefer loose with those. Um, I do have a couple boxed, like the Empire Strikes Back, uh, uh, what is it, the Sandcrawler, but technically that's Andrea's. Um, I don't know. I don't have them all. I've never been one of those people that likes to check all the boxes. To be honest, the reason why I have my complete set, uh, the loose complete set, so nice is because I bought the displays and then I filled them up. So once there were no more empty spaces, I was done. Uh, that's the way I do things. I did do the entire Min on Card run with coins. Um, and then I realized that I really didn't like many of them, except for Droids Boba Fett, which I still have. So I, 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 I kind of tend to collect the things that I like instead of trying to check off all the boxes. But everybody collects differently, and uh, I support whatever way you collect. Next up, Randy Cashins. I have a friend that was a big dude. I asked him if he'd ever been in a fight and what it looked like when he punched someone, as in, did you decimate the individual? He said, quote, I just picked him up and threw him. Same question, have you ever been in a fight, and what did the poor fellow look like when done? Um, well, Randy, 
Now, that didn't happen in a galaxy far, far away. But that's okay. I said you can ask me anything, so you can ask me anything. Yes, of course, I've been in a fight. I was a boy that grew up from 1980, so of course. Um, I have never beat up somebody. It's not my thing. Uh, tend to, in a fight, uh, I'll be honest, what happens is I'll get punched and I just stand there and wait, and they tend to just kind of scurry away when they realize it didn't work. But, um... No, what, what happens is, like, way back in the day, there were a lot of uh, lawsuits and stuff. If you completely outweigh and out, um, like, reach and everything the individual, that you could really go to jail for a long time. Um, and since I pretty much outreach and out-height everybody, um, I never, ever initiated. And uh, at best, I would hold somebody to stop them from fighting. Uh, just so they can think a while. I think the biggest thing with any kind of fights or anything like that, I, or anything that's going on with the world, I think if you take a 10 second count and breathe and think and realize what the outcome of the situation would be, there is always a way to, uh, I don't know, de-escalate it. And I always feel that's the way you should go. And I am always a de-escalator. Just because I'm a big fella, it doesn't mean that I am a... Uh, a violent person I'm, I'm very passive anyway next up gray harris if you had to choose your favorite choose a favorite mandalorian other than boba fett who would it be i like sabine i like sabine from the rebels i like rebels um sabine from the rebels has a really cool outfit and i like the way that she paints up tie fighters it kind of remind, reminds me of like uh customs people who do custom figures and stuff like that and um yeah, I like Sabine. I think she's cool. I think her always taking her helmet off is a story arc plot hole thing, but I don't know. Maybe they'll work it out. But um, yeah, definitely Sabine is really, really cool. And then who else? If I had to pick another one, I guess Django Fett because Django technically is Boba's dad and this, that, and the other. So yeah, I guess Django would be third. Next up, Robert Wilson. Great video tour of the Sheridan Music City Hotel. What two things do you think guests and celebrities will like the best about the new venue? Um, I think the location, number one, it's literally five minutes from the airport with free shuttles. So if you're flying in from another country, it's easy. Um, the guest stars come in. I, I, we pick them up, so they drive different. But still, it's so close. So close to the airport, it's great. And uh, also, it's so close to downtown um, that, like, literally close to the honky-tonks and stuff like that. But it's on such a large piece of property. It's also quiet and peaceful and, you know... It's, it's right there, but you feel like you're in the country, which is wonderful. And uh, it's also right between downtown and the Opry Mills Mall. I don't know if you know the Opry Mills Mall, but it's like just gigantic. And uh, they have like the Rainforest Cafe there. They have the Aquarium Cafe where there's like a giant fish aquarium in the where you eat uh dinner like nice fancy dinner and uh they have an imax and then you just go downtown which is the other the opposite side this is right in the middle of these two and you go down to oh there's also the grand old opry up there by opry mills and you go downtown which is just the other side and uh it's everything it's every honky tonk all the music bars and wagon wheels and uh, Tootsies and oh everything Second Avenue Coyote Ugly and BB uh, Kings and Printers Alley and the Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar and everything you could think of Nashville Shores there's a new they put in a new water park uh, right over there at Opry Mills there's there's so much so much stuff to do and it's so much closer than our last venue Plus, we're going from rodeo roots, like we were in a rodeo, folks. I mean, it was a nice rodeo, and we made it beautiful, and it was wonderful for starting up. But now we are moving on to a four-star hotel that will be ICCC branded. You're going to pull up to this hotel, you're going to see ICCC banners, because it's like that. It's our location. It's our little island of fun. Uh, next up. Next up. Oh, did I? No, that was, yes, airport and downtown. The location is number one. You asked, what are the two things that I like about the next venue? Um, I also like, the second thing is we have rooms. Um, instead of, I mean, it's nice that the rooms have all balconies, like the hotel rooms, but that's not what I mean. I mean, we have 
rooms with dividing walls and stuff like that. So instead of us having to have a band plus the main stage plus all the vendors right on top of each other in one just gigantic loud room like we had before, we get to have the stage over here so it can be better recorded and better listened to and better enjoyed. And then we have the founder's room over here and then we have a virtual reality room over here and then we have uh, the autographs over here and then we have the tattoos over here and we have, it's, it's uh, you know, it's going to be so much nicer. The video game room where we do the video game tournament, that was hugely popular last year, but we do that video game tournament and uh, now we have an anti-room which is right before the video game room. So that way we can do all the signups and stuff there. I know uh, you, you never want somebody walking in front of your TV when you're trying to win a championship video game tournament, you know? So we're going to have the sign-up room in the front. Same thing with photo ops. It gives us a separate section where we can make the photo ops happen. So that way they can do sign-ups and stuff like that. It's just, I'm very, very excited because it is so much easier to make everyone happy when everyone has a space that is dedicated to their type of item whether they are artists or vendors or um you know painters or people that want to talk about the history of things or uh i don't know you know whatever or, or autograph seekers they all have their own separate places which will also help with flow and it'll make it very very vibrant and exciting so i'm i'm really fired up for that i really am so those are the two things there you go Next question. Um, was there ever talk of a micro line of Return of the Jedi? I do not know, brother. Uh, Dave O'Brien asked this question. Uh, micro line of Return of the Jedi. I'm sure there was. You know what? Rob uh, Amatea, he's a great guy. And, uh, or it might be a Manti. I always say his name wrong. Rob, I'm sorry, dude. I know his name is Rob and I always call him Rob, so it never really comes up. But, he uh, is the king of micros, man, and he, I know for a fact he has a lot of the prototypes and pre-production pieces for the micro line, so if there were any, not only would he know, but he would also probably be able to supply you with a picture, brother. So Dave O'Brien, reach out to Rob. Um, he's a good dude, and I'm sure he'll help you out. Next up, Steve Breton. Who's, or wait, sorry, read that wrong. Was Boba Fett's death a disappointment? If so, and if he was to die in Jedi, how would you have him die? Uh, Boba Fett's death wasn't a disappointment because he didn't die. He just fell in a sandy pit with full armor, a rocket pack, tons of weapons, thermal detonators. He definitely got out. And uh, I think you're going to find that out in the next season of The Mandalorian. I am really under the firm impression that you're going to find out Boba Fett is alive and fine. Um, and how would I have him die? I would do the thing. I believe it was uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace. I've talked about it before. Um, it may have been Bounty Hunter Tales, but it's one of those Kevin J. Andersons from back in the day. And uh, what happened is way down the line him and Han Solo um, face each other once again when Boba's old with bad knees and Han's old too and uh, they just kind of walk apart as friends peacefully and uh, I'd like to see Boba Fett just you know get to relax on a on a front porch swing set with a glass of iced tea and enjoy the sunset that's how I'd like him to go but I love Boba Fett man I think he's so cool <laughs> Next up, last up, last question. Uze Headman is the, the moniker of this fella. Uh, what is the cheapest I could get a graded rocket FET for with the rocket right now? I'm selling my house soon. If it's ever going to happen, it'd be now. No jokes, just wondering. Cool. Um, brother, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing with rocket firing Boba Fett's. Right now, their value is what? Like $140,000 to $165,000, depending on the quality. Um, that's what their current market value is. Uh, if you want to throw actual money at it, the thing is, is very, very seldom uh, I've heard, I mean, a couple times it has happened, but very, very seldom do people walk up to someone else with $100,000 in cash and hand it to them. So I would say if you had $100,000 in cash on the hand, and I, I really think you could find one um, for right about there. Uh, if not, you could be patient. You'll see them for... 165 i mean they always have them not that they always have them but i don't remember the last time i didn't see at least one rocket firing boba fett on sale um also if you go on the one on ebay um you can always pm me i know who that guy is that's selling that and you could pm him directly and i'm sure you could save a bunch of money on that one even and get it down around the 150 160 price line but i can't speak to that i um 
I don't know. It is not mine. I do not have one. Hoo 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 hoo. But uh, <laughs> it uh, it's it's not mine. But I could definitely connect you with the guy, and um, you can always ask. It never hurts to ask. Never hurts to ask. But uh, I I feel that most people do these on payments plans with auction houses and stuff like that, where they're paying X amount of dollars. They pay a mortgage every month for the next year and a half, so they have one, and that's absolutely something someone can do or you can do. But uh. If you show up with a briefcase full of cash, I am quite sure you'll be able to find one from somebody, man. Not me, though, but I'm sure you can. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for writing in for the Ask Mike section of IC Star Wars, and have a great day. ICCCon update. Why did you come out here to record a podcast? Well, right? came out here to, to hang out and uh, uh, record a podcast. That's exactly right. No, this was the first opportunity. Even though we're still doing it on two computers. <laughs> For everybody listening at home, we're still doing it on two computers, so it wouldn't matter if we were 10,000 miles away from each other for this one. Exactly. But no, Philip came out for, sorry. You know, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I came out because of the safer at home orders and, and uh, the coronavirus and things happening in the country. Um I wasn't able to do something which I wanted to do, which was come out uh, and, well, first of all, see you and Andrea. Aww. But, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to go to do a site visit at the Sheraton uh, Music City yep. uh, so that we can begin to start planning the down and dirty details of ICC 2021. And, uh, you know, it's really important when you're planning a convention. I know, I know you've seen it. Uh, you've been there. Uh, but uh, those that are involved in doing the mapping and, you know, you got to see the space before you can start doing any of that work. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, jumped on a plane a couple of days ago, came out, finally was able to. Uh, the hotel is open. It's in business. They've got customers there and come down to do a site walkthrough with, uh, with you. And um, it's one thing to see the our new venue on the website and to see the photos yeah, the and even go to send in messenger right or even going to uh, uh trip advisor and reading about you know comments and things that's one thing but seeing it uh in person with your own eyes was uh, something that was nothing short of spectacular um it uh i already knew it was going to be it's going to knock your socks off but it is better than I imagined it would be. And the way that the type of space that is being made available to us, well, heck, Mike, I mean, I know you. You got the whole, basically the whole hotel handed to you for three days. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> just cost some money to get it handed well, yeah, to me. Yeah, but, yeah. yes, we will have full reign of that hotel. Um, it's, it's our hotel. So mm -hmm. pretty much what I did is I kind of purchased a three-star hotel for three days and said, we're going to put a bunch of toys in here. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you know, we talked about this a couple of casts ago about the, uh, the value and, and the, uh, um, the excitement of the new, the new venue. But uh, there are so many new ideas so many wonderful things just the carpet on all the floor instead of you know concrete or dirt oh yeah we're just growing up great ac <laughs> carpet <laughs> carpet magical carpet lighting very very good lighting yes there's a pool yep there's you can you can have your room upstairs so you right. know what here let's 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 say what we think a little day at icc con will be all right you, start uh, off. you wake up in the morning you know birds are singing Birds are chirping. You can walk out onto your own personal balcony because every single room at ICCCon has a balcony. Yes. You can go and look at the pool and see what's going on down there. And then you could go on downstairs and you could have a nice breakfast. And you have the nice breakfast on site and then you grab your coffee. And maybe you go back upstairs to have your morning evolutions. Or maybe you come on downstairs and you go right to the con. And That's you're the able thing. To if you're having your coffee, you might think you're going to go back upstairs. But you're going to see people walking by enter in the con and oh, yeah. so you might change your mind to take that coffee with you you'll right see a movie it. star walking by or you'll see somebody walking by going on that vintage vintage find if you're there for the vintage figures i mean it is it's tough if you're there for the vintage figures your day will be a little bit different you will wake up at dawn you will wait outside the doors until we crack the doors open and you will run in with speed but um no you can what i like about the venue is you can really relax you want to go hang out by the pool 
early noon, you know, just hang out by the pool for a little while and then go up to your room and then come back down, come into the con. I mean, it's all right there. We have essentially made a, I don't know, like a luxury villa Absolutely. that is just ICC con. You know, it was one of the things I realized. I mean, I probably should have known this doing this as long as I have, but our original venue was a destination. You stayed somewhere else, you came... And then all you could do while you were there was really the con, and then you had to go to leave the property to do you something You had to walk 10,000 miles back down to the parking lot, and then you had to drive to wherever you were going to go. Exactly. I mean, if you wanted something for dinner, you got to drive 15 minutes away. I mean, there's a very, very, very nice restaurant right, right here in this hotel. Exactly. The collecting community is going to benefit dramatically from this location because you know what? You really don't have to leave yeah. to... to you know, you go go come downstairs for a couple a uh, couple hours, hang out with your friends, look around, go take a nap, get something to eat, jump in the pool, come back a few hours later, something catch what, the panel you want to catch exactly, after you, exactly. you know lay out by the pool for a couple. Right, right, right. So so it's going to be a lot more convenient. It's going to be a much much. Uh, we'll talk about convenience. I mean, it's literally five minutes from the airport, and there's a free shuttle. So absolutely. if you're flying in, you don't even need a vehicle. Five minutes from the airport, nine minutes from from downtown. Downtown from like Broadway and Honky Tonk. Yeah, six downtown. minutes from uh, Opryland, right? Yeah, I would even say six minutes Something from like Opryland. That. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to go see the Grand Old Opry or that giant outlet mall, I mean, they have. I'd like to say outlet mall, but I mean, it's got an aquarium restaurant right. where they have like the aquarium in the restaurant. It's got a rainforest cafe. It's not some outlet mall. It's like yeah. a giant mall. Right. And they have an IMAX there. Mm-hmm. There's an IMAX movie theater. But exactly. Everything is so close. And of course, we know that if you're going to come visit us at ICCC, you want to experience Nashville as well, right? You know, we'd love for you to stay in the con 24-7, but... <laughs> but Nashville's but a beautiful place. It's look, wonderful. We drove downtown today. Absolutely. How nice is it? <laughs> but the point is, you know, you need to rent a car from... Basically, you could be more cost-effective because you could take an Uber or a Lyft pretty much anywhere you want to go versus yeah. running a car if you want to do that. And um, you wouldn't even have to come directly from the airport. There's a hotel shuttle. Exactly. Running every 15 minutes. Right. So, I mean, right. it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's as easy as it could be, especially for our travelers from out of state. For the super collectors that fly in from Australia, you know, you hop off the plane, you get into the airport shuttle, you're right at your room, and then literally, if you don't want to, you do not have to leave the property for your entire time there. Exactly. You could, and Nashville is a wonderful place. Tennessee is beautiful, wonderful. Check it Look, out. You can go buy some vintage stuff, right? Come out, have a drink at the bar. Oh, yes, there is a bar in. now. Yeah. There is a bar now. That was always an ICC con, not, but it's not in the actual con. But, yeah, there's a full-size bar. Right. Right. Which is open till one thirty in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. So come on out. It's not just a one-day experience or a two-day experience or even a three-day experience. Right. It is morning, noon, and night every day for three days. And you get to hang out with your friends. You get to sit on your own private balcony and uh, just have a good time. That's Absolutely. what it's all about. And I want to I wanna, uh, just to say, give a shout-out to the staff at the Sheraton so far. Because, look... Um, we have explained to them in depth. And they're also short-staffed. Exactly. All this but stuff going on now. but The nature of the collecting community and what happens when we all get together. Um, they know there's going to be drinking. They know there's going to be you know room and table sales. They know there's going to be some partying. Now, of course, we're going to ask you to behave yourselves as best as possible. And they're not batting an eyebrow at just about anything. Well, they really understand what it is we're doing. They know we're not there for any trouble or any hassle. They, they have a couple other conventions. But they're anime cons and stuff like that. So they're so excited because it's a Star Wars con, and a lot of them are into Star Wars. Absolutely. And they may even dress up in... Uh, well, they may even participate. They're yeah. definitely those kind yeah. of people. So it's really cool. Everybody that we've talked with, like, we've walked in and just been like, hey, uh, we're going to do a walkthrough, and we're scheduled for Monday to do a walkthrough, but you think you can just, like, let us in a whole bunch of doors right now? And, like, somebody <laughs> just drops everything they're doing and helps us. They're very, yes. kind, folks. very kind folks. Yeah. Plus, they gave me that really cool uh, battery pack that says Sheridan on it when I was first there so I like I like the uh, hotel swag they're gonna be super wonderful understanding gracious host for for us and uh, uh, very much looking forward yeah to well it. plus you know because we've been able to grow and because we've become so much bigger it's given us a lot more leeway I mean the other hotels were kind of like our rules our way but um right 
It's not like that anymore. But that kind of happens when you rent the whole place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess uh, one of the last points I want to make here too, Mike, is that uh, really every feature of ICCCon is going to get a, is going to undergo a major, major upgrade, right? Oh yeah. From the vendors, the VIP room, the video game tournament, the photo virtual ops. reality spaceship experience. Exactly, and and that thing's awesome. It's an entire VR simulator, but more will come out about that. We don't have to ruin anything now. The founders room, where all the the um, the makers of our community, uh, th you know, that's going to be a major yeah. The upgrade. Jim Swearingen's, the Ron Rudats, the the people who created these things that we love and adore, and even the the super collectors that come and do panels at ICCCon, um, they'll yeah. be in that room too. So it'll be a place where you can go and ask somebody, hey, before anybody else knew what Star Wars was, what was it that made you pick up this line of crazy space toys when crazy space toys were not the rage at the time? You know? Um, so they broke the mold with these fine folks, and they deserve their own special founder's room, I think. So why not give it to them? Plus, we'll have tattoos, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And this, this, the environment where the main stage will Golden be. Golden Yeti will come uh, down, it, and he'll uh, be tattooing. We'll actually have him on. Um, he's a good dude, and we'll have him on the podcast for a little right. interview about tattooing at cons and what it's like to tattoo at ICC Con. And probably the most beautiful um, sort of southern antebellum room that I've ever seen guest stars. Yeah, it's a beauty. The Bell Mead Ballroom. It's quite Bell beautiful. Ballroom yeah. is where our guest stars are going to be, and it is one of those elegant rooms I've 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 seen. Well, we're going uh, super classy. It's going to be super yes. classy and nice. So you guys make sure to wear your top hats and bow ties and tails. <laughs> we definitely got a lot of work to do, Mike. Oh, of course. Yes, but that's no problem. It's easy. It's easy as long as you stay focused and you keep moving forward. Everything falls into place, and we're making such great headway already. I mean, we're going to have a map very soon. And then once the map is done, then we can really get into vendors and stuff like that and uh, get the ticket sales going and stuff like that. Everything's going to be, uh, it's all going to fall into place. And we've had so much more time. I'm very excited because we've also done this before. We've done it twice. And it's oh, been yeah. amazing. Yep. So, I mean, three's a charm, baby. <laughs> you know, I, I love talking about it because it's, it's I, I can't wait to share this with the community it's going to be amazing it is going to be completely different than any other convention anyone's ever been to yes. and uh even if you've been to an icc con before it's completely different um even though it has many of the wonderful elements of previous icc cons it's just it's it's going to be an entirely submersive convention experience it's we're going in a whole new direction folks yeah. we're the new kids on the block and we got some ideas <laughs> and you're gonna love them Thank you for tuning in for another amazing episode of IC Star Wars. Thank you very much, Philip Brown, for being my co-host. Be sure to check out the Imperial Commissary at www.imperialcommissary.com. Follow us on Instagram at ICCC Nashville. Uh, we have a Twitter page as well, at ICCC Nashville. Check out the convention website, icnashville.com. Also, go over to the convention Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash icnashville. And also, we have the convention Facebook page. If you've already been or if you have questions about ICCCon, go on over to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICCollectorsCon. Also, check us out on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Imperial Commissary. We will see you soon on the next episode of IC Star Wars.